pesky old lady sneaks onto my property thinking it's a yard sale and demands all of my things for free. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. Everyone knows the cost of plywood is sky high right now at around $70 to $80 per sheet. The roofers just finished removing all the old shingles and installed underlayment. They all left for the day and will be back tomorrow to install the shingles after the inspector checks the underlayment and one required row of installed shingles. I hear my doorbell ring, then someone pounding on my door continually like it's an emergency. I answer it thinking it would be the inspector or an emergency. Instead, it's two old ladies in their 60s and an old Cadillac parked behind my car in the driveway. They asked if they could have the sheets of plywood stacked behind the tree. It's not a trivial amount they were asking for. I explained the roofers haven't finished the roof yet, and what isn't used they'll be taking back. They looked surprised that I'm having roof work done, even though they're literally standing right next to a 20-foot dumpster by my front door filled with old torn shingles. I mean, they had to walk around the dumpster to bang on my door. Then one of the women said, Can you give us two sheets? We're not using all of them. We want to build a porch. The audacity put me on my heels for a moment, but I was kind to them because they claimed to live a block away, and I just moved in two months ago. Again, I politely said that they couldn't have any of my plywood, but Home Depot has plenty for sale. They said, Home Depot wants like $80 a sheet though. To which I replied, I know. That's how much the roofing company charged me per sheet. That seemed to shut them up and they started walking back to their car. I have a fake cat figurine near my front door. It's quite lifelike at a distance. Then the brunette turned around and asked, how much for the cat figurine? At this point, I'm starting to get upset with their pushy behavior and treating my property like a flea market. I say, sorry, it's not for sale. Have a nice day and close the door. I watched through the peephole to see them drive away and thought that was the end of the bizarre encounter. Later that night, as I'm leaving to go to the convenience store, I see a sticky note on the window of my project car in the driveway that reads, wanted to buy car with a phone number. They must have come back at night when I was at the store. Door. WTF? My fake cat now lives next to the back door. I moved all the lumber to the backyard and will be setting up security cameras. I don't have time for jerks coming onto my property and thinking stuff's just free. I really don't understand what gave these ladies the impression that they could just knock on your door and ask for stuff. Like, what about your house stood out to them saying, yeah, he's just selling all this. People have stuff on their property. It doesn't mean they want to get rid of it. These ladies don't seem to understand how the world works, I guess. Our client was set back two months on their project, which they then blamed on me. Too bad I'd already warned them about it. So let me set the scene. I'm a software engineer, and I used to work for a pretty big company that specialized in developing software solutions for their client. I was sent on site to the client, which was a big Malaysian bank, to play the role of front-end developer, basically make their internet banking website. They already had back-end services set up for a mobile application, which we were also to use for the website. There was only one problem. You could only install the app in one phone and log into your account. That meant if the customer logged into their app, they wouldn't be able to log in through the website. As anyone can determine, this is a big problem. 
I went to the bank architect and tried to tell him as well as the project manager of this problem. They told me I don't know what I'm talking about and stop disturbing them and just do my job and nothing else. I later found out that they hated the previous front-end manager and would never listen to the front team. So I sent a mail detailing the whole problem to both of them and their bosses as well. As expected, nothing happened, but my butt was covered. Fast forward two months and the client reviews the architecture for the website and finds that no changes have been made to the back end to accommodate the different behavior of the website. They call a meeting and blast the two above guys and their boss. They claim they're back end people and don't know the difference in behavior in a website and it was my job to let them know. So they bring me in to question me why I didn't let them know. And because of me, the project has been delayed two months and the company has incurred losses. I calmly tell them of my meeting with two idiots and show them the mail which they ignored. Then it was a glorious explosion. Basically, the architect was called incompetent and his 20 years of experience was called into question. And the project manager blamed everything on the architect. After that, the jerks always considered my suggestions. You're paying someone specifically to come in and deal with this problem and then not going to take their advice? Why are you paying them if you think you know how to do it better? Would seem like a waste of everyone's time and money, no? If you're paying someone to come in and do the job, you have to trust that they know how to do the job and trust their suggestions. Our poster tried to save them from having this problem. They just didn't want to listen. I kicked my sister out on the streets because she was complaining about my violin playing. I, 30-year-old female, am a musician, playing gigs and at an orchestra as a violinist. Rehearsals just resumed, so orchestra is my main source of income at the moment. My sister, 26-year-old female, is a social worker, working three days a week, so minimal income, but she adores her job. I live in a small two-bedroom apartment, both rooms around 9 to 10 square meters using the second room as a practice room and storage for my instruments. Three violins, two guitars, a digital piano, a small drum kit, and some other stuff. Four months ago, my sister broke up with her boyfriend, and I offered her my spare room, temporarily. I moved most of my stuff to the living room so I could fit a small bed in there. Sis moved in, but she asked me to move more stuff to the living room. I pretty much moved everything sans the piano, to the point where the living room became uninhabitable. She then started complaining about my violin playing, saying it gave her headaches. I told her I couldn't stop the daily practice without risking my only steady income. The arguments got worse. She told me to play only when she wasn't home, but with her work schedule, I couldn't afford that. I tried switching to the electric violin, but even that can be pretty loud, so it didn't help. Several times I reminded her that this was only a temporary arrangement, but she didn't seem to hear me. Two weeks ago, I arrived home to find my piano in the bathroom, near water and humidity, all because my sis needed space for her new double bed. When I told her she can't seriously expect me to store my piano there, she said, Yeah, well, you'll just have to sell it, I guess. I got so mad at her that I told her she has seven days to leave, but she didn't take me seriously. For a week, I only talked to her to remind her how much time she has left, but she always just laughed it off and told me to stop acting like a crazy person. When the deadline came, I boxed up all her stuff while she was at work, booked an Airbnb bedsit close by, and drove her stuff there. She was livid, but couldn't do anything but take her new keys and stay there. The following week, she kept calling me with an increasingly apologetic tone, 
saying she shouldn't have moved my piano or bought a bed. She promised she would put more effort into finding a new place, and by the end of the week, I considered most of our issues at least addressed. So I drove to help her move back, but when I was carrying the first box down, she went, I do hope you'll at least stop with the violin this time. I absolutely refuse to take any more of that effing violin. I dropped the box, wished her good luck, and left. Now, two days later, on one hand, it feels like a big overreaction to leave my own sister literally homeless because of an argument about the violin. I know she can't afford to stay at the Airbnb, but on the other hand, I have no plans to allow her back here, because I feel she would just continue crossing boundaries and never leave. So, am I the jerk here? Your sister is very clearly the jerk in this one. You've offered her a place to stay and made a lot of accommodations to let her have a second room. There are some things that you just have to live with in that situation. One of them being that you're a violinist. I understand how that could get annoying day in and day out, but in that situation, you suck it up because this is your alternative, a place that you can't afford long term. Like they say, don't bite the hand that feeds you doctor's office doesn't want to take my phone number off their information, so I start scheduling them a lot of appointments. My friend moved to a new home in college and got a new phone number. After a few months, he started getting phone calls from pregnant women who wanted to schedule an appointment with their gynecologist. After several such calls, he found the actual gynecologist and contacted their office. It turns out that they had new stationery and cards printed, and all of them had a misprint on the phone number listing my friend's number instead of theirs, which was very close in number. My friend, being a decent person but a college student with no money, told them that if they just paid the phone company's change fee, they could have his number. They said that, oh no, he would have to pay it, and he would have to give them his number, and they were still using the new, incorrect stuff, and intended to keep giving it out. He said, no, I'm a poor college student, and that was the end of the discussion. A few more days of this went by. He called them again, and they still demanded he pay to give them his phone number because of their mistake. He said, I guess you're going to have to pay for all new stationery and cards and contact every single one of your patients and tell them your error. They laughed at him, and he hung up. After that, when someone called to make an appointment, he'd make an appointment. They could just show up expecting to be seen, and the doctor's office could deal with the angry pregnant woman. After a few weeks, when the appointments started happening, suddenly the office called and wanted to pay the change fee. Imagine that. He's a nicer person than me, and he let them have it. After their initial treatment, I'd have demanded that they get all new stationery and cards and call each and every one of their patients to tell them not to call me, and let them know that I'd be informing the police of the phone harassment resulting from their actions if they didn't do it. But hey, I guess I'm just a jerk like that. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. No, I probably would have done the same thing. Your friend definitely let them off easy on this one. Honestly, if you've made a mistake like this, you have to address it as a business. You can't be letting your clients call some random person. They have a lot of potential to screw with your business, like our original poster's friend did. It's just not worth it, and at least don't make an enemy of that person. It's not going to end well for you. My roommate yelled at me for getting a cat after she moved out. My friend, 24-year-old female, was a recent roommate and moved out of state to pursue a job. She was allergic to cats. I had always had pets growing up and wanted to have one again. We had some outdoor cats that I often fed and always liked to pet. I never let them in while my roommate lived there. The week she left, I let one in, and the cat was so happy. I had to help him out. I gave him a bath, got him fixed, and he's now a very pampered prince living mostly inside with me. She was going to come back in two weeks to pick up the last of her things, but I promised myself that I would clean up before she came and vacuum as much of the cat hair as possible, not that he sheds that much. I did not tell her I was getting the cat. I had an incredible two weeks with the cat. Before she came back, I gave the cat to a friend to watch over so there wouldn't be any extra dander in the apartment. Mind you, I kept my roommate's door closed so the cat would not go in. She comes back and if you've ever had a cat, you know there's always a slight smell and slight dander. She immediately starts asking questions as her eyes get puffy. I told her I got a cat, but it's not gone in her room and I tried to vacuum as much as possible. And I even got her allergy meds. She didn't have a bed, so she was expecting to sleep on the couch. The cat had been laying on the couch for the past two weeks. I got her an air mattress and put it in her room though. We went out on the porch so she could breathe a little better. She then proceeded to yell at me of how selfish I was and how inconsiderate I was. I told her she had moved and I was doing her a favor by letting her store stuff at my place. She stayed one night and then left when she was supposed to stay two nights. We haven't talked in five days, which is rare for us. Was I the jerk here? I don't think you're being a jerk, honestly. I'm kinda with you. She moved out. You're entitled to get a pet if that's what you want. Now, you did know that she was coming back for some of her stuff, and it seems like you made every possible attempt to accommodate that. I don't really think that there's much else you can do beyond that. She needs to accept that it's your place now and you can do with it what you will. If you want a cat, then you can have a cat. My ex-husband forgot about the day he was supposed to spend with his daughter and blamed me for it. I, 26-year-old female, have a 7-year-old daughter. My ex, 28-year-old male, wasn't involved in her life by his own choosing. Back in December, he reached out. It took some time, talking, and a little therapy. He's been back in our daughter's life for about four months now. We're working with the courts to establish paternity and for him to get custody. In the meantime, I let him visit her at my place. He's taken her on day trips. Since getting a bigger apartment, he's had her spend the night. He was supposed to visit her Wednesday, have dinner with us, and watch a movie. We try to do things the three of us, per the therapist's recommendation, so she can see us getting along. My ex said he'd be over around 6 o'clock. He didn't show up. By 6.30, my daughter was hungry, so I fed her. I tried to put off the movie, but eventually let her watch it. She was disappointed about her dad not showing up. 
I put her to bed at 9. 11.30, my ex calls freaking out. He said he forgot we were supposed to have dinner. He only remembered because his girlfriend came home from work and asked how everything went. Rather than apologizing, he got mad at me and asked why I didn't call him. I said, I'm not going to chase him down. I already spent nine months doing that when I was pregnant, begging him to be in her life. I'm not going to do that now. It's up to him to make an effort and remember this stuff. We had therapy the next day, and she's on my side. However, my ex insists that I should have called. I'm frustrated that he hasn't tried to apologize to our daughter. My mom says that I should have called. Am I the jerk? I don't think you're being a jerk, but yeah, you could have called. I agree that it's up to him to remember this stuff, but we all have lives. We get busy. Things happen. It slipped his mind. But once 6.30 rolled around and he still wasn't there and your daughter was hungry, you should have given him a call. See if he was at least still coming by. But I agree that at the end of the day, if he had it all together, he would have already been there. I'm not inviting my parents or sister to my graduation because I don't want to deal with the disappointment. My parents have always put my sister Cassie first. Cassie did need extra support as she does have genuine issues with depression and anxiety, but they refused to compromise. It always came at my expense. The final straw was my high school graduation back in 2019. Cassie had a pageant at the same time. The plan was for both of our parents to attend the first half of Cassie's pageant, our mother would stay at Cassie's pageant, and our dad would leave to record my graduation. Before dad was about to leave, Cassie said she was having anxiety and needed them both there. He texted me to find my own ride home from graduation. I had been so hopeful that my parents would finally follow through with their promise to be there for me. In the honors section class photo, I was the only student who didn't have any family members come. I felt awful. My mother, dad, and Cassie were already home when I got back. They had ordered dinner and were celebrating Cassie's pageant. They didn't even seem to remember or care about me and my graduation. My parents tried to act friendly and congratulate me, but I ignored them. My mom tried hugging me, but I pushed past her. I decided then that I just couldn't depend on them not to disappoint me. My graduation was three weeks ago. I didn't even bother reaching out to my mother, dad, or Cassie. I gave my ceremony tickets to two friends and donated the rest. My mother and dad reached out to me, saying that they had just learned about my ceremony through social media. Neither of them went to college, so they assumed that the college got out at the same time as the local high schools. They asked why I hadn't even asked them. I told them that they've proven that I can't depend on them by always leaving me as a second thought to Cassie. I know she has issues and needs extra support, but they never even tried to compromise, and I didn't want to deal with the disappointment again. My parents told me that they and Cassie were heartbroken that their daughter and sister would disregard them this way. We do have other family members who my parents are much closer with after the pandemic. We weren't really involved with each other before which is why they weren't at my graduation and why we didn't go to their kids' graduations. They know both sides of the story, but told me I was the jerk. They said how my parents felt so bad about my high school graduation and that I was being selfish and denied my parents the chance to make it right and finally be able to put their guilt behind them. I switched my social media to private to avoid these comments, but I'm now worried that they're right and I've been selfish and not understanding of Cassie's needs. Am I the jerk?
I don't think you're not being understanding of your sister's needs. You are taking that into account. I think it's the other way around. Your sister needs to be aware of your needs and can't be hogging your parents like this. Surely she knew what she was doing when she asked your dad to stay behind when he was supposed to go to your graduation. That's a big deal. That's a big moment. Your parents not being there is something that both you and they remember. I think your family is right in that they do probably harbor a lot of guilt for not being there for your high school graduation. I understand why you would feel slighted, but I think all you've done here is damage the relationship further. My sister demands a clean plate for her second helping. At dinner last night, my sister wanted a second helping, so I took her plate and got her one. She was upset when she saw the plate and asked why I brought her a dirty plate. I said that it was her plate that she was just eating off of. She said that was nasty and I should have gotten her a clean one. I think that since she was the one just eating off it, it can't be that dirty. My father said that was indeed ill-mannered, although said she was worse for calling me on it in front of everyone. I think it's silly to get a new plate. The germs on it were her own. Am I being the jerk here? Honestly, I just find this one kind of funny because it's so small and petty. But yeah, who cares? It's the same plate. As soon as they throw that same food on a new plate, guess what? It's in the same state as the plate he just handed you. I really don't understand how this could escalate into something. Come on, guys, get it together. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.